0: Okay, well, um, let's continue. Sorry to break up your conversations. Um, if you're year 8, 9, and 10, time to go to the glass room, the glass house with uh, Andy. And uh, folks, you can continue those conversations afterwards. We have a cafe straight afterwards, and you can come and uh, join us and have tea, coffee, donuts, that sort of thing. Um, folks, I want to continue on this theme called The Kingdom. And I hope that's okay with you. Uh, this, this thing that we've been journeying over the last few weeks in our teaching, it's been um, really, really encouraging, I hope for me, uh, just uh, looking into things and trying to communicate in a way that's helping people to grasp this amazing um, vision that Jesus cast when he came. He came and he cast vision. He said, this is the kingdom. The kingdom is this. The kingdom of heaven is that. He demonstrated it through signs and wonders, and he taught about it in his teachings. And really, the, the crux of all of this, what we've been trying to communicate is, God, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the thing. So when we sang this morning, I don't know about you, but I was caught up in heaven. Well, I wasn't in heaven. I didn't go there, but, but it's like the kingdom because the King, who's Jesus, was amongst us through the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit as we sing those songs. And I, we're joining in with the angels. That's that's the truth. That's what's going on. And so when we're standing, I'm standing there giving it stacks. And I'm just like, there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling or knowledge or experience here on earth than being in the presence of Jesus. His kingdom is at hand Here today, and in all our lives, and that's what we've been journeying and trying to encourage us to kind of see more clearly and hear more clearly and join in with what the Father is already doing because it's the Father who extends the kingdom, and He just invites us uh, to be a part of that journey. You're going to hear a few stories uh, shortly from a number of folks from our church as they're just going to share encounters of uh, of the Holy Spirit, encounters of the kingdom coming through their everyday normal lives. But before they do, I want to share briefly a story. It's a well-known story to many of us. To some of us, it might be fairly new. It's the, it's the encounter that Jesus has with the woman at the well, otherwise known the Samaritan woman. And I'm going to uh, chop and change just three chunks of that whole chapter. Uh, and here is the first bit. So Jesus With his disciples, he leaves Judea, and he's going back once more to Galilee, which is in the north. And uh, he says now he he had to go through Samaria, has to go through this different region. And he has to travel through, and he comes to a place, a town called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired because he's a human He's God in human flesh. He's tired and he experiences the same feelings and emotions, the same as we do, Uh, sat down by the well and it was about noon, 12 o'clock, hottest part of the day, when a Samaritan woman uh, came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food and the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And the points of this really, Jesus is on his way. He's on a journey, okay? He's going from one place to another and he has to travel through this region called Samaria. And on that trip, he's tired, he's thirsty and he just sits at the well and he's asking this woman for a drink. He begins this conversation uh, along with her. And if you know the story well, he breaks all the rules of social engagement. He talks with a Samaritan woman. Jews and Samaritans didn't mix, okay? So he breaks that. He's talking to a woman, and he's talking to a woman who's well known. She's there drawing water at midday sun, the hottest part of the day, where no one draws water they draw it early in the morning when it's cooler. The reason she goes at midday is because of her experience. And her experience is this. And Jesus reads her story and tells her story to her. He says simply, you have had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your own. And she's like, flip, how does he know that about me? She would have been known within the town. As that kind of lady. And that's why she would have been drawing water at that time. As an outcast within that town and that society right there. But Jesus on his way. His everyday normal life. On the journey. Has this conversation. And this kingdom encounter. The conversation continues. Jesus uh, reveals to her that he is the Messiah. And she begins to see Jesus. She begins to see who he is. And in seeing who he is. She begins to see who she is. She literally encounters the living God. In that moment. And here's the thing. This is not in the notes. But Chance whispered this in my ear. So here it is. We need to see Jesus for who he is. And in seeing Jesus for who he is. We see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. And many of us go through life never really, really encountering what God really feels and thinks about us. And so we look at ourselves and we look at life and we look at the earth, the life on earth through lenses that aren't the lenses that Jesus sees us. And the more that we spend time in his presence taking our eyes off of ourselves, our eyes off of the mirror and the reflection that we see. And we're not just talking about the way we actually look, but the, the lies and the things that have been said to us that we've believed over and over and over. Whenever we see ourselves with the eyes that Jesus sees us with, we become the person he intends us for. And we phrase, take it home with you, become and behold as we behold, as we gaze upon who he is, we become the person he made us for, intended us for. And this is what happens to this woman. She encounters the living God right there and then. And so she literally, she goes back. Just then his disciples returned. Uh, they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want with her? Why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, At the well. She leaves it there. She's taken the water jar to the well to get water. She leaves it at the well. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. She returns to the town where she's from. She's well known in the town. Nonetheless, she tells them she can't keep it secret. And she draws others. She invites others into this kingdom story, into this kingdom reality. Come see this man. He's told me everything, everything about me and what I've done. Could he be the one? Could he be the one? Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. And really it's this, as we introduce other folks who are going to share this morning. It was because of her story, she'd encountered God and she went and she shared it. Because of her testimony, because of her story, because she went and told others, others were impacted and invited and came in to what God was doing. Chantel.
1: Um, we've been talking about this in our life group, how we're all part of God's story, and... Um And I just um, started to think a lot about that, about um, story and the power of story. And I was um, looking at this thing. Um, There's a girl, Dana Masters, who's um, one of the pastors at Lagan Valley Vineyard. And she's an amazing singer. And she'd done this um, TED talk. It's a short talk online. And I was just watching it. And she just opened up with this question. She just said, have you ever thought that you could change the course of nations and history through what happens at your dinner table? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But she grew up in African-American culture and they would sit around this massive table with loads of food at their granny's house or their auntie's house. And that was just what they did. And they told stories as they sat around the table, and especially the adults, they told stories about their lives. And they talked about, you know, the black slaves arriving from Africa. They talked about 300 years of being treated as slaves and being told they weren't allowed to vote, they weren't worth a vote. And they told real stories of their own lives. And, um, Dana's family was a civil rights family. Her granny marched with Martin Luther King and her mum as a young girl would have helped black people when they did get the vote fill in their papers because they couldn't read or write to help them. like She was only little so that they could be registered so that they could vote. And they told stories of their parents being put in jail for peaceful protests and they were so proud of that. So around that dinner table those stories were being told and as kids they were getting these messages all the time you know she said you know like I knew that life wasn't always fair life wasn't always lovely but I knew that life was good and when you have life you have to take responsibility to hope and to keep hoping for those and those after you and through those stories she was taught to hope and how to survive difficult times and I just loved listening to that on loads of levels I love um, thinking about hope, it's something I've spoken about in church before, but it spoke to me a lot about the power of story. And when we share stories of what's happening in our lives and what God is doing, it stirs things up in people around us. And it just made me stop and think, you know, what stories am I sharing around my dinner table, you know, with our kids or if we have people around or what short stories are we sharing, you know, at the tea break time at work or in our life group or with our friends you know do we have kingdom stories to share about what God's doing in our lives and as we interact with others you know I love it when people share their stories with me you know even in church after church conversations in the cafe or standing in the hallway or when I meet someone for coffee I just love hearing what God's doing in people's lives and I was talking to someone after church a couple of weeks ago and they just said I was just here last week and I just said, I can't do this anymore, God. I'm just handing everything over to you. And then they went on to share how the week after they had done that, God had really blessed them in different ways. And they received help with the family situation. And that story just really encouraged me. I just loved hearing what God was doing in that person's life. And, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't really feel like I have any stories, well... I just encourage you, that's what we've been doing in our group. Look for stories, look for what God's doing. Ask yourself, what's God doing in my life that I can share? How can he use me to bless someone else and do that? And I love this, that I find it's funny when you start thinking about something, all these things start popping up everywhere relating to it. When you're willing to open your story and what you're wrestling through to someone else and invite them in, the story gets bigger somehow. It's like God's story happens there. And that woman... She just met with God and she experienced who he was. And when she went back and shared that story, the whole town came to meet with Jesus. So I just want to encourage you this morning to open up your life, you know, what is your story share your story with God and with other people invite them in and see what happens and I would love it if in the weeks ahead we can all come back and say guess what happened guess what God did when I spoke to my neighbor or guess what happened when I just talked to someone in the tea room who was having a hard time you know let's open up our stories, invite other people into what God's doing and see what happens. And like that woman at the well, see people we know and love come to Jesus.
0: Super. Okay. So uh, you're going to hear now from a, a number of our guys from our group. Uh, Malcolm, would you come? And then Kathy, you'll be next. Um, so we, we just shared some of these stories, which you're going to hear now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we've been sort of talking about this. It's like God, if we really believe in the things we're talking about, then give us opportunities. Let us see what you're doing. And these are everyday stories, like the woman at the well, as Jesus is walking from one place to another. It's just everyday. It wasn't that we signed up to do a team, although that's good. It wasn't that we went on mission to Africa, although that's very good. It's, it, this is just everyday kind of kingdom encounters that you're going to hear from some of our folks. Malcolm.
2: Thank you. Um, okay, as, as you know, some, well, some of you know that I volunteer uh, for a prison fellowship and I go into the, the, the prison and talk to prisoners. But um, usually on a Wednesday, I would go just slightly outside the prison. There's a the Quaker centre which does tea and coffees uh, like that. So I was ordering my tea and coffee. My friend was already sitting down, and this girl came up with a strap around her around her arm, and she suffered from tennis elbow. And I says, oh, you know, you've got tennis elbow." And I says, um, would, would, would you like prayer for that? And she went, yes. I was actually hoping she would say no. Um, because I'm not really that forward, so um, prisoners are easy, they're a captive audience. Um, so I, she said yes. And I said, okay, well, do you want, do you want to come around this side and, and, and I'll pray for you? And I thought, oh, right. So I just prayed the simple prayer, Lord, would you heal her arm? Would you, you know, would you bless her in, in Jesus' name and, and, and all this and, and you know, prayed for the arm, the sort of prayer that I kind of know how to pray and nothing happened. And I thought, okay, great. Um, so she says to me, would you pray for my daughter? I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's, what's wrong with your daughter? And she says, oh, she's got a tumor in her chest. I thought, oh, great. This is a bit way above me. You know, it's just, the, the arm thing was okay and I, I could have got, you know, I'm happy enough for that. But I said, yes, okay, well, let's pray. And I, and I just said, God, would you bless her daughter? I, I pray for her that you would heal her chest. I pray for her that this tumor would shrink and that you, you, you would heal it in Jesus' name. And that was kind of it. And I never thought much more of that. And it wasn't until I met my friend a few weeks later and he says, oh, did you get speaking to uh, Debbie who serves the tea? And I went, um, no, why? He says, I think you should speak to her. I thought, right, Okay. So sat down, she was sort of got a wee minute, and I said, Debbie, could you come over? And I said, look, what, what, what happened? You know, Trevor says, I need to speak to you about your daughter. And what happened was she took her daughter to the hospital. She was getting an X-ray done just to see how the tumour was getting on. And um, the doctors couldn't understand it was shrinking. And apparently it's not the type of tumour in the chest. It shrinks, it grows. And so the tumour is shrinking, and so they couldn't understand it, so they sent her for an x ray came back the same thing, tumour is shrinking. And I just really believe that that, that, that is God. That, you know, it, it blew me away. It, it actually knocked me back in the chair, and I thought, oh, my goodness, that, that's... And I just went, well, praise God. And she says, yeah, we have been. And so, you know,
0: that's, that's the story. Well Thanks. Thanks. Kathy? Thanks come and then uh, Paula would be good after Kathy Kathy and Elliot there we go
3: good morning I have a Velcro grandson Um, his mummy and daddy are away for a few days and he's decided that I'm his very best friend very 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 best friend isn't that right and I don't know how I did it with four. I've decided as I fell in through those doors at twenty to eleven this morning. I don't know how I ever got four out the door. Um, well, for those of you, I mean, Malcolm, that is just amazing. Um, but I haven't done a wonderful praying for healing, and it has happened. Um, I, and when we came to storytelling time, I thought oh, I don't really have a story to tell. Yeah, you know, I don't really. And I said I don't really have a story to tell. And, and then I remembered that in work one day that the week before, um, a young couple had come in here. I didn't know they'd actually go to one of the other couples of midwives. <clears throat> and I was seeing them that day because they were busy. And they started to talk about, they had their scan and they were fascinated. And they just said to me, I, I don't know where you stand on this, Kathy, but, you know, this has to be a miracle. How could God not be involved in the making of babies? And I said, well... I'm a Christian myself, so I agree wholeheartedly with you. And I find the miracle of babies overwhelming all the time. And um, so we were chatting on and bless them, you know, because he said to me, um, you know, we're starting to feel the weight of, um, we're starting to feel the weight of uh, the responsibility of, you know, leading a life that make, means that our children will, you know, come to faith. And I could feel it was like a, somebody kicked me a wee bit in the gut, you know, because I thought I oh, shouldn't feel that weight. Not I mean, you're 20 weeks pregnant; you don't feel that weight. You, that should never be a weight. And I thought, Dara, be bold enough, because in work it's very, you know, it's difficult to know what you can and can't say. Just do swing right now, please. Not better. You have. And um, I had, I just said to him, look, please don't feel a weight. I don't believe that weight's from God, because I think that weight's not what you should feel. You should feel a delight that you're getting your wee baby. And in my understanding of, or my growing understanding of God, I believe that what you do is, um, in your own lives, is... uh <laughs> love God and love others. And teach your children to enjoy His presence. And in that, God will do the work. So that's, that was my big story. <laughs> well done.
4: Morning. Um, just whenever we first sung that song, um, Everyone Needs Compassion. I just believe that that has to be our motive, really the love of God um, that actually persuades us really just to shine that light into everyone's life. Um, I actually um, had a few experiences um, since starting the group and um, also um, a a while ago as well, um, just going about my normal business, visiting hospitals and um, there would have been somebody Maybe there that it would have been felt uh, to have compassion for. Um, there was a person who was actually, um, when I was visiting my brother, and he was in the bed opposite um, from my brother, and my brother told me that he was dying from cancer. And um, I just felt compassion for the man there and then. And I know it wasn't the time really just to get up and go and lay hands on him and pray with him because it would have been awkward. And it's obviously important just to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit as well, whenever you're in those situations. Um, you have to think of people who are there and also the people who obviously you're going to begin up to to pray for. Really, are they open? Um, so I went away anyway, and I didn't do anything at that moment in time. But it made me think about it. So I went to bed that night, and the next morning I woke up. And we've been learning a bit about whispers from God um, in home group. And I had a prayer on my heart for that person, so I prayed um, about it and I wrote it down at that time. Um, so I got up that morning, just went about my normal business, and I decided I would go to Harry Knoblets up in Belfast, go to the wallpaper shop. And I thought, right, I'll bring that prayer with me. I'll go up to the hospital and I'll um, pray with that guy. So when I ever went into Harry Noblitz, um I was just going about looking for wallpaper and Ask, the guy had come up and asked, was he okay? And I said, yes, I'm actually just picking some wallpaper because I have people moving into my house. I want to get the house decorated for them moving in. And um, so he went about and he picked out some samples and stuff like that. And then he went on to tell me about his son and the struggles of life that he's having and the problems that he's having um, just every day. And it, he just completely told me practically his whole life story and the pain and suffering and that that he's been going through. And then he told me that he had cancer so I thought, okay, right. So the alarm bells then rung straight away and I just knew that the, the, the prayer that the Lord had laid on my heart that morning was for him. So I went on to tell him um, that I was a Christian and he looked at me and went, right, as if to say, what's that got to do with anything? And I told him about um, the prayer that the Lord had laid on my heart that morning and I believed that the Lord loved him and he wanted to heal him and um so I said you know could I pray with him and he said yes and he was open to that and um so he says look I'm going on a break um in a couple of hours time so could you, you sort of hang around I said like right okay so I did that and I hung around and I was, looked a wee bit like a weird stalker just standing about the wallpaper shop so um he actually then um, called me over and I was able to sort of lay hands on him. And Well, I didn't actually lay hands on him. I actually just stood there and I read the prayer out of the book um, that the Lord had actually given me because I was so nervous, obviously. I didn't actually have the words to say at that moment in time. So I actually just read it word for word. And he hugged me at the end and said, thank you very much um, for the prayer and just prayed, obviously, for his cancer. And I told him that I would continue to pray for him and his family. So... Um, um, hopefully, maybe we're going to be able to go up maybe sometime and see what's happened with him and how his journey's going on.
5: Uh-oh. Uh-oh, sorry. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Jess, for those who don't know me. Um, Paul said in two minutes he didn't say just one story so of a story and a half Um, the first one was just a girl in work I have been working in North Belfast in the community as a midwife and we always go for a cup of tea we're very good to ourselves every day <laughs> and we're sitting around having our cup of tea and one of the girls said started talking about she's had really loads of back problems and I knew that for years like an ongoing thing so she did go for an MRI the next day But these MRIs have been causing her nearly more distress than her back pain, and she really practically started having a panic attack even talking about it. Like, and she would have described how she felt after as having nearly a post-traumatic reaction to these MRIs. So she was obviously really anxious. So we're sitting here, and everyone's sitting around me. I'll I'll pray for that for you tomorrow when you're going like this isn't like I get really embarrassed and awkward about these. Things. I'll pray for you tomorrow. So it's like right, I'm I'm going to do this. So I did. I prayed for her at six o'clock. She was having her MRI and I texted her and said I'm praying for you right now. Blah 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 Sorry, it's a bit reference, isn't it? Blah blah blah. And um, so she texted me back then at about half eight and said thanks to your prayers. That was like, the best MRI, like, I had it totally calm, in and out, everything went really well, um, and that was, that was her, the Holy Spirit was with her in there, I just think that's amazing, um, and then, so from that, then we're in the office one day, and there was 12 of us work there, and two of us Christians, and the other girl who's a Christian said to me, oh, she'd hurt her leg, and she's like, go, I have to get you to pray for that, and then she put, pipes up from the other side of the office, yes, do you? her prayers really work, and i go. On, Um, and then since then even with her there was one day ended up just the two of us having coffee again, (laughs) we do work like um, we're having coffee and she told me all this stuff about her life really really opened up to me and it was just another opportunity to speak a couple of words of life into her so that was amazing for me that God did that just from saying one wee thing and stepping out, second thing really quickly um, there's this is the good of Facebook. Everyone is moaning about Facebook, but I think there's good to be had in it. Um, and there's a yeah, <laughs> there's a, a girl on Facebook, and I have kind of knew her probably about four years ago, would have seen her at Tots script more regularly. And I just saw that she was um, sick and didn't know what it was. And then as I read on that she actually has had a stroke, and she's like my age, and has lost part of the vision in her eye. And I felt like God's saying, you need to pray for that girl. And I was like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. I will pray for her. He's like, no, go and pray for her. And I just was like, "No." and then I bumped into her and her family at the cinema of course like you can't escape and um so she just started chatting to me and totally bottled it. And like, had God in my ear the whole time, going, "Say, like, do you want me to pray for you?" And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I'll, I'm too embarrassed. And then I went home and I said, "Stephen's like, I really." And he's like, "Yeah, you should have." And even in the car park, I was going, "I know I'm really meant to pray for her, Stephen." He's like, "Just go now." I'm like, "No, I can't." And I went home and I was like, "Right," and a face picture, uh, and said, "Look, I haven't stopped thinking about you. I really." feel like i'd love to come and pray for you and i've been praying that god would heal you and she messaged me back and said um i would love that just say when and i was like okay really um, and i say like, okay well i'm free then and then so tomorrow morning if you think of me i'm going to pray for her um so that's my two stories
0: <laughs> stay for you well
6: It's like the walk of shame from the back there. (laughs) Sorry. Um, My story is actually about a dream, uh, which is really interesting. What happened about three, maybe four weeks ago, um, Alain and I were in a position where we had a car that was quite old, but still in good nick that we were very privileged to be able to give away. But you sort of think, well, who do you want to give it to? So you sort of ask God, who do we give this car away to? It transpired very quickly that we had heard from from jackie rob from cap that there was um a family that she was aware of that could do with a car and then chantelle became aware of another guy um up in Coleraine who could also do with a car so you're sort of thinking okay you've two people who need a car jesus what do you do so we weren't sure listen to the, you know the background and all the rest of it and, and i'll tell one sunday night i got a bit frustrated and I just said, look, Jesus, you need to tell me who to give this car to. Please help me out here. This is not fair. So I went for a walk, and that was me, took the dog out. And that night I had a dream. Now, I'm looking at film mills down the back, because we did go to a dream thing um, a while back, and it's, it's quite interesting how God does speak to you. I think God speaks to me through my dreams because I talk too much and I think too much, so he has to wait till I'm shut up. <laughs> and he says, I'll talk to you now because you're not talking and you're not thinking, so you can actually hear me. The dream was, really, um, Nathan used to play rugby for Carrick Club, and he played with a, a lad there as well, and in the dream, Nathan and this lad were playing the rugby match, and it was really so clear, and Nathan could have scored a try, but chose not to. Now, he's normally quite ball greedy, but he chose not to do it, and he passed the ball to this other guy and allowed him to score. So, it was fantastic. They were all celebrating. And then this lad's father came over and um, basically congratulated me for bringing up Nathan really well, which actually I'm not, maybe I'm doing a good job, so I'll take that, actually. And um, (laughs) I'm taking you home later. Um, So that part of the dream was great, but this engaged the conversation, and we were walking back uh, to the car. So the history is that, obviously, I'd come in contact with this person, all right? And we're walking back to the car, and I dropped my car keys off the car. And this person picked the keys up and handed them back to me in the dream, and it was so vivid. So I said, okay, Monday morning, I said, God, that's okay, I've heard that, I'll make a phone call. So I phoned Jackie Robb, and I said, Jackie, does the the family who need this car, does the dad's name begin with a certain letter and I'm not saying it because I promise I wouldn't share anything about them and Jackie at the other end of the phone went yes and I said is his name I'll say Bob I'll say his name is Bob and Jackie went how do you know that so I told her about the dream so that's just how God spoke somebody saying this person needs a car I want you to give them that car
0: Right. We, we we've tried to share just a number of stories there of uh, just what God's doing through the everyday simple normality of our of of life and um, and for some of you you're sitting there thinking wow that's really amazing some of you are sitting there thinking my goodness I could never ask someone if I can pray for them and uh, and that's that and some of you are thinking flip I could I could at least say thinking about you. Or I'll I'll be praying for you. You know, someone told me just recently about someone's intensive care, and all I simply said at that point was, I'll be praying for you. Be praying, what's the person's name? He said such and such. He says, I knew you'd be praying. That's it. You know, if opportunities arose to go and pray, I'd go and pray. But here's the thing: all of us in our everyday walk of life, God's doing stuff he's doing stuff it's called the kingdom and he invites us to be part of it you just got to see just got to hear and when you get those wee prompts just have a go and sometimes you're going to bottle it a bit like Jess I've been in that place like Jess has been in you're like I should go over I should ask him and I bottle it and I've done that many times. There's been other times when I've been bolder. Other times when I've... It's almost like... <laughs> you say it and then you can't take it back. <laughs> Can I pray for you? Oh no, flip. And you can't go back on it. And, um, and sometimes people are just so open about that. So... Just love that. And other times they're like, no thanks. And you might feel a bit of a wally and that's that. That's okay. So... Stories, everyday life, kingdom encounters, be a part of the story. Join in him in what he is doing and then share your stories. I would hope that all your life groups, you're sharing stories as you're making cider and um, camping out, or you're not camping yet, lads, as you're sewing stuff in, in group, as you're having tea and coffee and all the different groups that you guys are journeying with week in, week out. I hope that you're sharing the stories of this is what's going on. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? So that's that. Time is up, but we don't want to go home empty handed. No, we want to give you something. I feel like a game show host. So um So who 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 wants who wants a bit Who needs to really meet the King? Who near just you just want to touch? Could be you just dry, you just want more of Jesus. Or you, you're here and you're just like, man, this back is killing me. I just love someone to pray for that. Or because we we can talk about it all day long, but unless we're gonna have a go, then we may as well pack up and go now. So who just wants you just want more of him or you just want to touch from him, okay? i going to ask you to be brave. No one's looking. That's a lie. Everyone's looking. Um, so, <laughs> what, <laughs> just stand. We're just going to stand and we're going to gather around you. We're going to pray. That's brilliant. There's loads of you. Just go on. Go stand. Yeah, if you, wanna, if you want more of him, brilliant. Okay, there's probably a dozen more of you. You're just scared. You're scared to receive prayer, let alone go and give prayer. <sighs> Any more? Brilliant. Come on, the left side are beating the right side. No pressure. This is left. This is left. Great. Guys, go for it. Uh, if you're near them or whatever, just go stand with them. Ask them, what it, or ask them their name, if you don't know their name. And uh, ask, well, why, why are you standing? What, what would you like prayer for? They might say, it's private, bog off. Well, not bog, it's private, uh, just pray as the Lord leads. Um, or they might say, actually, I've got a sore shoulder or whatever. Pray for that. Okay? Have we any music? Create the ambiance. <laughs> the Holy Spirit moves more with music, you see. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. <laughs> okay? Okay, I'll let Phil play. That'll be even better. Great. Just do that, church. Okay? Just go and move and say, say hi and get praying. that would be great. Go for it.